Hi, and welcome to History Makers. I'm your host, Matt Prater. Today we're speaking with Australian singer-songwriter Nathan Tasker. Nathan tours all over the country, singing songs, telling stories and sharing the good news of Jesus. I caught up with Nathan recently at the Australian Gospel Music Festival at Toowoomba. Here's what Nathan had to say. Thank you. It's good to be here. Now, Nathan, I I was reading um, a while back there that you've done over 1,500 concerts. You've recorded product and sold over 21,000 units. You've done seven albums over about 10 years. How did it all start? It all started by accident. Um, I I actually never intended to be in Christian music. Uh, I was studying to be a primary school teacher. Uh, I started to play the acoustic guitar and sing other people's songs. Mark Hurd, Keith Green, Randy Stonehill songs. And uh, I would go around to school groups and sing during my times off my university. And uh, eventually those guys and girls started inviting me to their youth groups. The youth group leaders invited me to the church. And before I knew it, I had so many bookings that I deferred university. And that was about 10 years ago that I deferred. And I haven't been back yet. So it uh, looks like I won't be going back. But uh, that, that's how it kind of all started for me. Now, there must be some great stories after 10 years of gigging around Australia and uh, around the nations of the world. Uh, what, what are some that stand out? Oh, I'm, uh, there are some that stand out. Uh, I, I used to get up volunteers to come and, uh, and play with me. And, uh, and uh, this, this story sadly happened where a kid came up to, to play the harmonica with me. And instead of playing the harmonica, he actually turned around and he mooned the audience. And that was really uh, shocking to me. And so I quickly grabbed the harmonica off him and I was like, you know, you can sit down now. And I got another volunteer and, of course, he'd seen the first kid do this. So he thought it'd be funny if he went ahead. And so by the end, I was like, no volunteers. It's just me. Uh, Apart from that kind of situation, which uh, I guess hopefully that's still G-rated. Yeah. (laughs) Apart from that, some of the more interesting gigs have been uh, I played in some prisons in South Africa. And they were different in that I was really scared going into into these prisons, especially South African prisons. They're very different. They're not as well controlled as uh, as Australian ones. And, and that scary situation actually turned out to be one of the most inspiring and encouraging situations that I've ever been involved in. Uh, the people there spoke to my heart. They listened to the songs. They shared their story of faith as well, becoming Christian while they're in prison and looking forward to uh, sharing the gospel with their fellow inmates. That, that was powerful. So uh, I've, I've had the, all of the, the weird and wonderful microphones being ripped out of my hands to you know, scary situations becoming beautiful ones. Now, you've obviously got a very, uh, very hot passion for the gospel. Um, how did that start? When did you become a Christian? I was brought up in a Christian home. Both my parents are Christians. My dad read the Bible to me every night uh, from the time that I can... The earliest memory I have is him reading the Bible to me. Between years 7 to 10, I kind of called myself a Christian, um, but if you actually saw me, I didn't live like a Christian, and I don't really think I was. I think uh, I just told myself I was. Uh, At the end of year 10, my parents gave me a book about the life of Keith Green, and uh, he's a Christian musician who was strongly impacted by Jesus, the risen Jesus, and I realized that I didn't know Jesus like that. Uh, I knew Jesus as an historical figure, I knew facts about him, but I didn't know him personally. And so at the beginning of year 11, I was convicted by the Gospels, uh, the eyewitness accounts of Jesus, realized and understood that he was uh, who he says he is, the the Lord of the universe, and I gave my life to him and asked him to be in in control. So it wasn't at a public meeting or at a youth camp, it was just a private moment with you and God? It was very private. I can actually remember walking around an oval near my house and wandering around and thinking to myself, man, if this is true, if Jesus really is who he says he is, and if he really wants to offer me eternal life and forgiveness, and I know I need those things, then I, I can't let this pass me by. Uh, and so I prayed. I remember as I was wandering along, praying a simple prayer. You know, I want to be one of your people. I don't know what that means, but 
but please teach me. And I guess that's been my prayer for the last number of years that I've been a Christian. And I'm sure you would have seen lots of lives changed um, through your touring. Uh, Is there any stories of anyone in particular that you could see had a dramatic life change because of uh, some of the songs you've sung and the things you've shared at your concert? Wow, I wish I could remember like an individual. Uh, We get so many emails each week and letters written to us from people who have either become Christians at the events that we've been involved in, uh, which by the grace of God that happens. You know, I'm under no illusions. I, I just pick up a box with strings and play songs. God, God truly does use that and works in their hearts. We, we have emails from people like that, people who bring their non-Christian friends along to when I play. I think they're the ones that are most powerful, those emails, where you know this person has wanted to share something of the truth of Jesus. They haven't had a chance to really do that with their friend, so they bring them along to one of my concerts, and their friend gets to hear all this stuff that the person sitting next to them has wanted to say. And uh, I think that that's beautiful. When you see people become Christians because a friend has brought them along and a friend has followed them up, uh, that, that is truly just amazing and uh we we have those those stories on file to remind us of why we do what we do and uh to be honest a lot of the individuals blur i'm like when i when i travel to each part of australia i'll usually meet someone who's emailed me and i'll connect with them and remember them and then i'll travel on and meet another one and it's it's exciting i'm like far out there's nothing better than that kind of currency of heaven uh being built up now i started out in christian radio uh in the mid 90s and one of the guys who used to play on my christian radio show was charlie peacock loved his stuff now you've recorded an album with the guy uh over in the states tell us what that was like oh that was fantastic charlie and i have been friends for about the last seven years through me going to nashville and just hanging out uh in at his church which is the church i go to in nashville and um I think that within that, we've just kind of had a friendship and a bond that's grown. And we had the great opportunity to be able to write over to him and say we wanted to record an album. Did he have any idea of some producers? I never in my wildest imaginings thought that he would say to me, I'll do it. But that's exactly what he wrote back. And uh, we jumped on a plane, went and recorded with him. The thing with Charlie is that his musical genius is very obvious. The guy is just freakishly brilliant at, at music. But as a Christian, his heart is the thing that impacts you the most. He's kind, he's gentle, he's humble, he's patient. He's all of those fruits of the Spirit that I wish I was. And, uh, and you see that in flesh. And uh, he and his wife, Andy, uh, they were so beautiful to Cassie and I, their team of people, just really loving and caring. And I think making an album means nothing if, you're going, if you don't get to make it in community. And that's what we experienced. So it was, it was fantastic, man. I can't speak highly enough of that guy. You're obviously uh, in good company. I think he actually produced Switchfoot's earlier CDs too. So uh, Now, you've also got some mentors uh, that you uh, look up to in, in your life. I've heard you speak of Michael Card before. Uh, tell us about how important that is to you and what kind of relationship you have with those guys. Yeah, sure. Uh, Michael Card is, is someone who I've always appreciated his music and his integrity. And I think within Christian music sometimes, you know, there's a lot of hype involved in playing on a main stage. At the end of the day, though, my faithfulness is going to be evident in the way that I approach my art, in the way that I live my life off stage, not just in whether or not a whole bunch of people like my songs. Now, Michael Card knows that, and he speaks to that. And so I've kind of deliberately placed myself in his path so that I can learn from him. So that when I'm 80, and I can look back and go, I didn't just sell a lot of albums, or I didn't just have songs on radio, but I was faithful with the gospel. I didn't water it down, I didn't forget it. 
And uh, Michael reminds me of that. Another guy that reminds me, and I, I'm so excited about this, is Randy Stonehill. Uh, 35 years he's been playing faithfully, and he hasn't wavered. Now, that is astounding within any industry, but especially in Christian music. And uh, I got to hang out with him last night very briefly. And, oh, man, that was a buzz. I started in Christian music because of Randy Stonehill, listening to his early albums. Like, I played his songs when I started out because they were the only ones I knew. I just think the guy is just a legend. And he would probably not like me saying that because he's so humble. But uh, he, he helps to guide me. You know, I hope that in 35 years I look back and I go... I was faithful with the gifts that God gave me, and, uh, and I'm still ministering to people and telling the truth. You know, I love that Randy Stonehill song, Great Big Stupid World. He put the words in there. If Jesus came back today, they'd try to book him on the Oprah Winfrey show. <laughs> oh, how true. Seriously, his songs are so poignant that they are... I, I don't know if he's going to play it, but he has this song called uh, Lennon's Got a Toaster. And, oh, man, that song is heartbreakingly true. You know, You know when you hear a song and you go... Those are the words that I want to sing. You know, they're the words I want to say. And uh, he has a way of doing that. Now, there's probably someone listening now that's thinking, you know, this guy's got a real passion for God and uh, I'm really interested in, in his faith in God, but they probably don't know what to do about it. What would, what would you say to them? How would they get closer to God? I, I would say one of the most important things is if you can connect with a community of people who believe. I, I think that that's really powerful to actually see it in action. Because at the end of the day, if believing in Jesus doesn't affect lives, then, you know, don't bother with it. But I believe it truly does. And if you connect with a Christian community, you'll see lives that have been completely transformed. Nothing speaks louder than that. Uh, And then I would also get stuck into the Bible. I'd, I'd read about Jesus. I'd work out why God decided to walk amongst us. I'd, I'd work out why he wants to love us and offer us forgiveness like he does. And, and I think that the Bible is so clear uh, about just that and that somehow it is all connected to Jesus and his work on dying on the cross and rising again. So I'd say get stuck into that. And uh, apart from that, I'd, I'd pray as well. I think that the great thing about the God of the Bible is that not only does he reveal himself in Jesus, not only does he want to speak to us in the Bible, but he actually wants to listen to us. He wants to engage with our lives where you are right now. You can pray to him. And the one thing that I'm so completely sure about is that he actually hears you. And it isn't just some far off hearing you. It's a close, connected, wanting to listen, wanting to be involved in your life, wanting to transform it by the power of, uh, of Jesus. I think that's fantastic. So go ahead and pray and you know engage like that. Now... You're obviously very busy, traveling a lot, you know, you've got a wife that keeps you busy by the looks of things, you know, you're, you're always flat out. What do you do for your personal time with God? How do you spend your devotional time with the Lord? Yeah, wow. Uh, one of the hardest things is that uh, you can be doing Christian ministry, and I'm sure you understand this, where you're, you're doing a lot of ministry and you can confuse that with being close to God and with seeking Him. And uh, to be honest, one of the ways that I do it is through, through trying to read the Bible, uh, which I, I wish I was better at. And uh, I want to be better at that. And hopefully by the time I'm like an 80-year-old, I'll be really good at it. Uh, I also read a lot of Christian books. I find that that really fills me as well. Uh, guys like Eugene Peterson really speak to my heart. Uh, and, and I need that. I need to be inspired by Christian brothers and sisters. Uh, my wife keeps me on track as well. We try and pray together every morning and read a bit of either a devotion book or the Bible. Uh, and then I have a close group of brothers in Sydney who pray for me. We meet up every couple of weeks to pray together, keep each other accountable. Thankfully, four out of the five of us that meet up are in full-time ministry. 
So we're under the same pressure, we understand the same challenges, and we're able to、uh, kind of speak into each other's lives like that. Okay, now a little bit more about you.、Um, what are you like listening to? Well, to tell you the truth, I actually have an iPod that I travel with, and、uh, it's on random at present.、Uh, when my wife and I drive, we've got four and a half thousand songs plugged in there, and you never know what you're going to get.、Uh, some of my favourites, though, I'm like I love Randy Stonehill stuff. I listen to a lot of Michael Card,、um, the Switchfoot, their, their stuff I really love, especially their earlier stuff, the Charlie Peacock days. Love that stuff.、Um, I also listen to a lot of acoustic guitar singer-songwriters. A guy called David Wilcox,、uh, who's an American guy. Just a great storyteller, so I love listening to his work. I have the standard stuff like you two as well on there, just to keep you passionate and inspired. You know of how good it can be.、Uh, they're kind of the ones that I'm listening to consistently. You know, and a lot of little unknowns that release a CD and probably sell five thousand copies.、Uh, I love that guys like Derek Webb、uh, from Cabin's Call,、uh, Andrew Peterson,、uh, guys who just they they have such a great way of telling the truth. You know and That's what I want from my music. I love being entertained. I'm like I'm like anyone, but、uh, I love being able to walk away and go, "Hey, I connected with something bigger than me." You know, something with more hope and with more life. And their music helps me to do that. Got another question for you. Just say, for example, this、uh, this week you've got to go and speak to a bunch of high school kids. So you've got 500 high school kids in a school hall, and for some reason your guitar breaks and you haven't you haven't got a guitar. What would you say to those kids to reach out to them? Wow!、Um, uh, to tell you the truth, I'll probably tell them a story uh, about uh, my my first girlfriend, which was in in year eight.、Uh, her name was Jane, and Jane and I had a very passionate and intense two weeks together. And、uh, at the end of two weeks,、uh, I broke up with her. And and part of the reason is, and I'm so sorry to admit this, is because she got a haircut, and it was a really weird kind of looking haircut. Like I mean, short on one side and kind of pointy on the other. And I think part of me was nervous that I might get my eye poked out、uh, if I kept on dating her. Anyway, I tell them that story because I think that life is like that. That when it comes to love, we talk about love as something that comes and goes, and so it doesn't surprise us when we read a celebrity mag that, oh, look at that, Brad and Angelina are no longer together, or whatever it might be, the next headline. We almost celebrate it, and yet, love shouldn't be like that. And when I read the Bible, I see that God's love in Jesus isn't like that. It isn't a roller coaster ride. You don't wake up in the morning and think, will God still love me today? Because the truth is, is that he will. He he kind of said that to you by signing it in the blood of his son Jesus. And I, I think that kind of love is so foreign to us. It's getting more and more foreign in this world. We have an expectation that love just ends, not with God's love. And、uh, if I had a group, of, and recently I did six chapels two weeks ago to five hundred kids each chapel, and that was the one thing that I said is that if you remember nothing, remember that God loves you so much. He would rather die than live without you, and it might not mean something to you right now. You might be thinking about boys or study or the party on Saturday night, but maybe in a few years' time, when your relationships have just self-destructed, when you find yourself very alone, I hope you remember that God's love is not like that. God's love will never leave you if you believe in Jesus, and、uh, that's the most important thing I could share with anyone. That is very good news. Thank you very much, Nathan. You certainly are a history maker, and it's great to have you along. Now, if anyone would like to find any more information, they can go to historymakersradio.com. We'll have a copy of this interview, and also there'll be a link to your website, which is nathantasker.com. Thank you. God bless you, mate. Thanks very much. History.
Thank you so much for joining us at History Makers. For more information, you can go to historymakersradio.com. You can download any of our interviews and also an opportunity for you to make a donation. History Makers is brought to you by newhopeaustralia.org.au. History Makers.